Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are ready to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We had read uh, chapter 1 in our previous session. Basically, um, Paul was appealing to the Corinthians to not be divided, to be um, <clears throat> to be unified and to come together and uh, pursuing Jesus, you know, and uh, let's see. Let me just read you the last here and, and explaining to them that they were, you know, they should not have the different factions that they had where they were, you know, kind of being divisive and, you know, one was saying they were of Apollos and one of Paul and one of Peter and just that that was not a good thing and that they should all be one um, in their pursuit of godly uh, wisdom and in following Jesus. So, and he ends the, he ends so, then as it is written in scripture, he who boasts and glories, let him boast and glory in the Lord, not making, you know, not glorifying himself. And that none of these men came to them teaching Christ so that they would follow these individual men. They wanted them to follow Jesus. They, they, it was never their intent, not Peter, Paul, or Apollos, it was not their intent to get the Corinthians to follow them, they wanted them to follow all to follow Jesus. So, anyway, we're going to move on from that. Um, I have been studying Corinthians 2 here, the second chapter, and I, I did have some difficulty um, trying to express this correctly. So, I'm going to try to do a better job. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to do a good job, so try to uh, try to bear with me. Let me read this, starting in verse 1. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing, that is, to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you, except Jesus Christ, and him crucified, and the meaning of his redemptive substitutionary death and his resurrection. I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me, and of his power stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. So what Paul is saying here is he came to them, he did not speak, you know, he did not have fancy speak, he was not being eloquent or using lofty words, he was displaying the power of God. Remember these guys were full of the Holy Spirit and they were healing and doing miracles to confirm and prove that they were of God. So, you know, he was he was traveling and he was healing and he was preaching and teaching. So maybe we should say it that way. He was healing, he was performing miracles and he was teaching. So the miracles would confirm and prove the power of God. And he didn't use any fancy or eloquent speech and he didn't get into philosophical or theological discussions with them. He just presented the word to them, presented the gospel plainly and straightforward while also having these signs and miracles, you know, to prove the power of God. 
Okay. Yet we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature, believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding. But it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but just as it is written in the scripture, things which the eye have not... Let me... Let me read this again. Things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. All that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, who obey him, and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed. So here he's talking about the revelation of salvation through Jesus and the kingdom of God being established and us being able to enter into that kingdom. That was the mystery. The mystery was and was different from what the Jews expected, but this was what the plan was all along that God would bring the kingdom, his kingdom to us that we could enter in and we could be a part of that. And that's part of the wisdom here that is he's talking about. Had they understood that, they would not have crucified Jesus, but they did not understand that. Continuing on, for God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels, and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. So, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and mind you, we when we're baptized, we also receive the Holy Spirit that helps us learn and understand God's ways. And that's what Paul is talking about here, that, you know, just like we don't really know what's going on inside each other when we look at each other and talk to each other, we don't really know everything that's going on inside uh, the other person. Only you really know what's going on inside you. And that's what Paul is saying here, that only God really knows what's going on inside him, except now, at this time, not before, not in the Old Covenant, but at this time, God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we may learn and know what's going on and how we should be. We can learn and know more about God so that we can understand the thoughts and um so that we can understand the thoughts and wisdom of God, so that we may understand the things freely given to us by God. And so we can also speak of these things. And it's not from human wisdom, it's not from any human wisdom, but it's from things taught by the Spirit, and it's the wisdom of God. So I'm going to 
going to move on with verse 14 here. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, absurd and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is unqualified to judge spiritual manners, uh, matters. Sorry. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. So here, Paul is um, comparing or or juxtapositioning, or however you want to think of that. He's contrasting, I guess is the right word, the natural man and the spiritual man, and how the natural man, the human wisdom, is not going to understand the godly, the spiritual wisdom, the spiritual man. Um, and that um, the, spirit, the, the natural man is just not qualified to make judgments or to understand the spiritual. And the... Uh, Spiritual cannot be judged by them. And the natural normal man, I mean, for who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him, or even the spiritual man, for all of us, none of us have been able to instruct the Lord in anything. But instead, he gives us the mind of Christ so that we can be guided in his thoughts and purposes. So, that is the... That is the ideas here in chapter two that Paul is uh, that is presenting about how you know the wisdom of God and his he's talking about you know relying on the Spirit to teach us these things and to and to speak these things um, that we learn through the through the Spirit of God uh, more about God and more about His wisdom <clears throat> and then we pass that on again you know, teaching and talking to one another about those things. So, I should leave it there because I don't want to, you know, I finally have <laughs> a decent, you know, a decent understanding of what Paul is saying. It took me several attempts, and I'm sorry about that. But even in the Amplified, though it's worded better, um, it's a little, sometimes the way, I think the maybe the manner or the way they wrote um, sometimes makes it difficult for us nowadays with our and our uh, our the languages have changed, you know. And then again, this is a translation from a different language, so you know it makes it makes it a little more difficult. But um, I hope this has been useful to you. Um, Paul is explaining this reliance upon the Spirit to understand God's wisdom, and I hope that is useful to you. So, I uh, appreciate you listening. You, uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, remember to stay safe. We still have a lot of craziness going on, but uh, try to stay safe, keep yourself safe, and watch out for others, and uh, remember that God loves you.